0: Deal with marriage. The reason is because a lot of people don't understand that marriage has its roots in the will of God. And because of that, there are a good number of Christians who are failing God, both in courtship and in marriage. If marriage has its roots from God, then it means that anybody who believes that he fears God must know how to conduct himself in marriage beginning from relationship to marriage now this time around what i'll be truly treating today it will help both those of you who are yet who are not yet uh, engaged it will inform you it will inform those of you who are engaged and also inform those who are Pastor, can you go t- through the back of that man and come and take your seat? So, it will inform those of you who are married as well. Because, uh, brother, you can move to where you are. So that she comes through this way, so she won't go in your viewfinder. She can, Pastor, you can sit down over there. You will have gone through. Okay, come, come, come this way. Sit down here. Are you carrying back for her? You shouldn't have. You should have let her carry her back because two of you will be obstructing the something now. Pass the back through the back to her so that you won't obstruct the recording. All right, so you will cut off all that and you can carry on with me. Do you know what, before I go on, those of you in front there, one, two, three, can you move forward and occupy this role, please? Those three of you in front, move forward there. So that we. Yes. Sit down. Sit down there, please. So that nobody obstructs the recording. All right. So, what I was saying is that marriage has its its, its roots in God. And uh, because it has its roots in God, anybody who believes that He's. A child of God must know what God's mind is about marriage. Apart from that, you must know, if you know what God's mind is about marriage, you will know how to, first of all, look for who you will marry so that you don't get into the trouble and sorrow that many who have gone ahead of you got into. Then when you get the person you will marry, you must know how God expects a Christian to conduct courtship because in our days, you have all these, um, you know, infiltration, satanic infiltration in society, which a good number of believers have grown in, and they think that that is the way things should be. And a good number of Christians in their courtship, because they did not understand what God in, uh, uh, commands about courtship, they introduced demons into their marriage before they get into marriage. Because there are things that you can do in courtship, and it will open you up to the devil. And you know, something about the devil is this, you only need an entrance. He may be there, haven't entered cool down, quiet down for 15 years before he strikes you. He will not strike until you get to the place where you need God's blessing. And then he will start struggling with you. And this has become the reason why many Christians... You know, um, those zealous for God, but yet they have problems in the issues of marriage because they do not know these things. And you know, the Bible says, My people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. So, therefore, we need the knowledge of the Word of God and we need to be able to ask questions so that we can have understanding and all stuff like that. Now, let me give you this fresh understanding. Pentecostal movement of God, now the Church of God, really not just Pentecostal movement. It is evangelical. Part one of the basic precepts of Christendom is that the Church of God does not wed anybody who are divorced. That is statutory. If somebody had divorced before, if they want to remarry, the Church must not wed them. If somebody had a child out of wedlock and he joins the church he gets converted and he wants to marry the church must not wed them that is have an open celebration like putting on white marching on the island so the church must not do that if anybody sets up a date for marriage and the person gets pregnant and the church is aware the church is supposed not to wed them now there are three scenarios A person who had been divorced before, he now wants to get remarried. The church don't wed them by normal church principle. The second, if anybody had got a child before marriage, the church cannot celebrate a wedding for them. Thirdly, if somebody was found to be conceived before marriage, the church must back off from such ceremony. The reason is because if the church approves of such, then there is no drawn line concerning sexual immorality. Now, today I will be talking much about sexual immorality. Sexual immorality is into two arms. You have fornication, which is an act of sexual intercourse between two people without marriage bond. To people who have not been blessed in marriage if they have intercourse that is called fornication adultery which means which interprets to sexual intercourse between uh, a married person and somebody outside his marriage that is just the definition of it so if somebody is married and he has sex with somebody who is not married to either male or female he had committed adultery. If somebody has intercourse with another person, sexual intercourse, without marriage bond between them, he has committed fornication. So, if a married person has intercourse with an unmarried person, that married person committed adultery. The unmarried person who had intercourse with that person committed fornication. If two people are, are, you know, courting and they intend to marry, if they sleep together and have sexual intercourse before God, their body has been defiled because they have committed fornication. Now, that's the reason why believers should have knowledge. In this meeting, I will show you what about fornication? What about adultery? What are the consequences of this, which we see very obvious. It's not something that is uh, superficial or something may happen, may not happen. There are consequences for those acts. Now, before we go ahead, I will say this to you. You know everything that the Bible says to people not to do does not help God at all. It only helps those who obey it. If you look at the rules of God, sometimes I think I will teach you about this. Rules of God. You know. Every rule that God said. People should keep to. Everything. God said people should keep to. They are only for the benefit of those who do it. Alright. But they, they are also to the demise of those. Who disobey it. Everything. Beginning from biological rule. To scientific rule. They are all in the Bible. To marital rule. To human humanity, to you know, um, chemistry, the rules of chemistry. um, This um, uh, what do you call this new science that is just rapidly developing? um, 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 What do you call this again? Genetic genetic science, the rules of genetic science in the Bible. And the rules of living together, relationship, either with a friend or with, um, you know, in family and stuff like that. Parents to children, children to parents, friend to friend, husband to wife, wife to husband. All those rules that God set are just for the benefit of those who obey it. Now, let me say this to you. You don't have to obey the rule of God because you understand it. You have to obey the rule of God because... It is God who said that. What about if you think that disobeying it is not consequential to any dilemma? Because someone may say, but I've done it. I didn't see anything happen, but I've done it and stuff like that. You need to know this. God is all wise. There are many sins that people commit that you will not have instant retribute. So is the law of the government. There are some law you commit and you don't have any judgment on you 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 contravene i mean but the day you are caught you will pay for it and the day you are caught may be the day that you don't even commit anymore look at what is happening with the parliament now about this issue of sexual abuse that have happened many years ago all right how is it now is that this? now that they are now bringing it out the bible says everything that is done under the roof shall be exposed so and I warned you last year two years ago that the world is going to be judged and I said from the high places then the church of God all these things you have seen happen in the world in a short time it will be the church church leaders in various nations will be exposed like that in many secret things they have been doing now is the government after the government is the Christians now a sinner will not go unpunished oh yeah a sinner will not go unpunished so we know that many things that we do even to our own body physical body like the laws of god about eating about agriculture and stuff you contravene them you you pile up uh diseases in your body they will grow and develop at the time they strike you will be, you'll be at the mercy of doctors who will not who know they cannot cure you by any medication but they will give you medication And those who are the drug companies who manufacture the medication knows that when they give you this medication to control this, it will also destroy this other stuff. So that in a short time you will come back to them also for other problems and, you know, human beings get into a chain reaction of problems and some die. Only because you have not observed the laws of God about health. We get it now. So the laws of God about marriage is so simple. Uh, In Genesis chapter 1 verse 26... Uh, It says, and God said, let us make man in our own image and in our likeness and let them rule. So this is God's ultimate intention for creating man. Then the next verse, it says in verse 27, and so God created man in his image. In the image of God he created them. May him, male and female, create them. And this is where the issue of, um, you know, pluralistic man uh, came to be. That the man God is talking about was gender different male and female but why male and female if you look at the next verse it says then god blessed them and said be fruitful so for male and female the first purpose for male and female is fruitfulness and this fruitfulness comes from a sexual intercourse they will get it now that is where it comes from so And it says increase in number, which is part of that. Fill the ass of duty, then it says rule over the fish of the sea, that is dominion and authority. But if you look further to chapter 2 verse 18, it began to tell us how God instituted this male and female issue. It says, and the Lord God said it is not good for man to be alone. I will make him suitable helper, a helper suitable for him. And this tells us that marriage therefore came from God's initiative. God intended to make a man and a woman so that they can multiply, be fruitful, have companion and stuff like that. But if you go further, He says in verse 20, it says, And so, God made a man give names to all animals, livestock. And it says, But, All the livestock and the beasts of the field, and then he says, uh, "Yeah, I'm right." And he says, "But for Adam, there was no suitable helper." Now we understand the fact that this is the this is what brought about God's decision to make a woman. God is not a God who just thinks of doing things. He had known what he would do before he did them. But then if God knew what he would do before he started talking about them, why would God talk about them? He's talking about them so that you and I can have an understanding of where he's coming from. That's all. God does not need any explanation or knowledge for what he's doing. Where God explained why he's doing things and what he's doing things for is because he wanted humanity to have a knowledge of what he's doing. So here I say, so God, the Lord, God, uh, the man gave names to every livestock and birds and stuff, and said, "But there was no suitable helper for Adam." So it means that Eve emerged because Adam needed help. Okay, a woman came to be because the man needs help. Now let me say this to you: as we all are here, if God didn't deem fit that man need help, we will all be man. All human beings would be man. So, But when God created man, he, God decided to create a suitable helper. Because every animal, he created a male and female. So the male has a helper, female, but man doesn't. So God now said, okay, let us make the woman as a suitable helper. And this tells you very briefly, because I think tomorrow I went deep into, uh, into this issue of choosing partners and courtship. In the lecture you will hear I did it in New Cross I happened to do that lecture in New Cross While I was at a stage in my family law lecture Because the family law lecture Exposed me to more things I've taught the word of God for a long time For many years And the same thing is you But when I started studying family law It gave me a different perspective That pe- I look at people and I pity you I pity many people Because many people join me to marry They don't really know what they are doing I would together now. Though if a person attempts marriage by the full knowledge of the word of God, you'll be protected from legal blunders. I would together. But marriage, when, if you leave the church and go to the society you are living into, is different from what you're thinking. Totally different from what you're thinking. Really, I pity the church so much, church people so much, when I was doing, uh, you know, you know, where, you know, in my lectures on family law, I don't know whether it is family law I will now decide to just even go and do my 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 major in, because you need the knowledge. Those of you who are not married need to know what happens if you divorce. You need to know how the law sees you. You know, you need to know what happens if you impregnate a woman and a woman has a child for you. And then you are going to marry somebody else. You need to know what the law, how the law treats you. is the beginning of your demise. Unless you are out of England. You need to know what happens if you say you are going to divorce. You can't just say you are going to divorce. Because when people say they want to divorce, I look at them that they are ignorant. Though, of course, from the scripture formally, I would look at them as ignorant. In the the sense of offending the law of God. But now I look at them as total ignoramus in the face of the law and the consequence of the law that we hit them like hammer. And nobody, last, two week, uh, uh, last month there was a man who divorced in 1992. And from 1992, now he got, he became a rich man. And the wife is now bringing charges against him in 2015. It has never happened in law in Great Britain. That such a person was given audience. Really, the rule of law does not permit him. But unfortunately, the Supreme Court have the power to go back 200 years and bring something to back up a claim without bending the rule of law, okay, but then opening a door for another justification and, be, and also vindication. That's what happened. The man will pay now, okay, but then, I just said that to help us understand that the journey of marriage is not what you just wake up belly full you want to marry. I were together. Oh, I saw a girl, she looks good. I marry her. Oh, that man talks too much. He's very buoyant. He's bubbly. I marry him. There is something more than that. You know, when a woman is, when a, a man is looking at a woman afar, and the man is looking at the woman afar, there is respect. When you strip your nakedness to a man, forget it. Your respect is just gone out of the window at the moment that is done. And that man, to his respect, is gone out of the window. Now, this is what happened. When you now live together, everything that you are, that he didn't know, he will know it. Everything that he is, that you didn't know, you know it. That is when you look at a man who looks so quiet and just so gentle and church, but he's a stubborn man. I tell you this. You look at a woman who looks smart in church, but she's really, in judgment, she's zero. You saw how smart, you thought she'd be a good mother for your children. Now you married her at home, you discover zero. This is the reason why a man and a woman who believe in Jesus must not jump into a relationship because you think it's good. Let me say this to you. What about somebody who had got a child before going to marriage? I will say now, not by the scripture, but by the knowledge of society, that person should look for a person who is married who who has a child before marriage or who is married and the husband is dead for target. Because this is the situation. If it's a man I'm talking about, a woman marrying a man. If a man has a child outside, that child that man by law has financial responsibility automatically, we call prima facie. That is, either he likes it or not, he has to. Really, with the level I am now in my law studies, I have access to a computer where I can just ask a man, how much do you earn a year? And when you tell me how much you earn, I put it to the computer. The computer will tell us right there, as I'm standing with me, how much we will pay by law to that woman who gave birth to a baby to you. Okay? It's not a matter of please. (laughs) There's no please in this. You are indebted to the woman. But you know why we're going further on the course? This is what now stunned me. If any young lady sees that man and says, I will marry this man, what are you applying for? The moment you marry the man, okay, they have to recalculate that man's financial responsibility. Because now the man was earning twenty thousand before, and he was paying two hundred pounds by you know all his expenses taken care of. Now he has now married, so when he married, the wife is earning forty thousand. Now forty thousand plus twenty thousand is sixty thousand. Then they will recalculate his indemnity. So the woman who is marrying a man who has a child out of marriage. From the day you marry, you are a debtor because you are taking the financial liability of a man. And I can work it out for you if you doubt it. Come and see me. You know, knowledge is very good. I would get it. When I was seeing all these things, my head was... was right. right now, yesterday, this week, what I've been dealing with in my law school is um, the situation of divorce. When somebody comes from another country, and um, he marries to another person from another country, and they divorce. And the child, who, the other person says, I'm going back to my country. Who had the legal right to take the child away from this country to their country? And I've done several cases about that. You know, when I was doing it, really, I have uh, some few things to read about this time, you know, tomorrow, you know, today, tomorrow, as I'll be going to finish my curriculum tomorrow. But when I was reading this, you know what was going in my heart? That my God, people are ignorant. If people can, people of God can understand the Bible, they will save themselves from headaches. That is the reason why you younger ones who are not married, we have to talk to you, so that we help you understand the word, the knowledge of the law and whatever. If you know the Bible and you live by the Bible, you have no fear of the law. The Bible says the law is made for the lawbreakers, for perjurers the bible is made for the righteous so that the righteous can be more righteous so marriage is a lot deeper and you know the issue that a man says that i'm the owner of my children you are not really you are not really because if you have if the marriage ends up in divorce either you are born again or not born again the law has no regard for that are together now so there's a big danger for the church of god or not today if they do not have the knowledge of god's understanding and concept about marriage i will together so therefore because marriage did not come from the intuition of man that's the reason why man cannot break it once god bless it that's the end of it anything you find there you die there i will together that now that's why when we wait people we say for better For worse, for richer, for poorer. All right. In sickness and in health. And you will speak and say, I do. You will stay with the person. Now, therefore, for those of you who have not chosen life partner, before a woman will say yes to a man, because you are a suitable helper to a man, you must look for a man that has a vision to do something. If you are more visionary than a man, then that's a wrong choice of a man. A woman who is very enterprising, very hardworking, cannot go and befriend a loafer who sleeps every day and wakes up doing nothing. You cannot do that. You will frustrate your life. Second thing, what about boys or men? If you are a man and you want to keep a marriage, you must be a visionary. If you are a man and you don't have a vision, you will soon discover that your marriage will be frustrated and it will break. Though God doesn't want marriages to break. The reason is because the function of a man is to be the visionary of the house, of the family, so that the woman will have something to help to do. In the situation whereby a man is a loafer, you will die miserable. If you marry a woman, they will leave you eventually. Because no woman, the nature of a woman, is wanting to help. You look at the whole church here. Women are the ones who make everything beautiful, good, and stuff like that. You only need to create uh, a life for women, then they will help. Okay? That is the way God created them. But if you have a man who has no vision, the Bible even says where there's no vision, the people perish or cast off restraint. So therefore, a man must make sure... He cannot marry a woman who has nothing to offer to his vision. If you are a man, you cannot marry a woman who has no substance to offer your vision. And as much as I've said to you, you must have a vision. Have a vision. This is the reason why, if you look at in chapter 3, when God apportioned the blame to husband and wife. He said to the man that you will be the breadwinner for the house. Isn't it? May your wife not be your breadwinner. You didn't say my man. Amen. And may you women not marry a man who you will be the one providing bread for him. Amen. It's a wrong order. There is no such a thing as a door is short. If you know the door is shut, if you can't break it open, look for another door. <laughs> Hallelujah. And if you can't find a door, kick the one that is short to open for you. A man must have his hands on many things so that he can fend for his family and provide for his household. That's the scripture. The Bible says a man who does not provide, who decides not to provide for his household, is worse than an unbeliever, an infidel. It says if you have in the church a man who refused to provide for his household, the church will treat him like an ungodly man. He is really an ungodly man. And the Bible says the church will have nothing to do with him so you understand how terrible it is for a man not to be able to provide for his family he's not talking a jobless man but he's talking about a man who does not you you see a man who cannot is different from a man who does not but a man who cannot is a man who can now make himself to be able to Okay? but a man to be sitting down waking up you know you had the one taking care of babies is the job of a woman that is a wrong order, and the woman is the one going to work. The man is saying he's taking care of babies. I mean, can you imagine that? When did you become a babysitter? Have you seen Mr. Babysitter before? <laughs> if somebody says you say to so somebody, "What job are you doing?" He say, "I'm a babysitter." You know, it's a woman. The day you meet a man, you say, "What job are you doing?" He say, "I'm a babysitter." You'll be wondering that what is going on there. Forget about the new act that is coming over the world in the London, you know. <laughs> oh, what they are talking about now? They give uh, mo- uh, six months for father to wait at home. Doing what? <laughs> Doing what? Breastfeeding the baby? <laughs> if I will have, well, I think maybe sometime I'll be able to write about this because I mean, if you are te- telling a woman, why should a woman have six months uh, taking care of the baby? She breastfeed that baby. So if you are giving a man six months to do what? To carry baby and be. I'm <laughs> be singing, for the baby is it? Yeah, the, 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 the job of a woman is not just keeping baby, but also, you know, breastfeeding the baby and, you know, all those stuff. It's a bond. To bond. Well, the man bonds with the baby at night. The man goes to work. The bonding for a, a husband, what they're saying is very sensible. That is what they are saying. But does a man need to be with the baby to bond? We didn't spend six months with other children and we are bonded than any other man. <laughs> from pregnancy. But from, pregnancy t- from pregnancy. a man ought to be, you know, uh, greeting his baby and, you know, speaking to his baby in the womb of the wife. So the place you are by, when the man comes in and he speaks, the baby leaps. Yeah. That's what should happen. That is the way it is. It's, that's what happened to me with all my kids. I was telling my wife today that, you know, my daughter, Pastor Elizabeth now, when she was young, you know, and my wife was, uh, you know, went to Nigeria for that time. We sleep together on the same bed. And when she sleeps in my bed, she will, she will, you know, squeeze herself like that. Like, you know, she's sleeping with a woman. And when I get up to go and read, she opens her eyes. I run back. I say, I'm, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. She's okay. So I will, I will pacify her to sleep. When she's sleeping a little bit and I'm trying to back off to go and read, and she opens her eyes like that, I say, okay, that's all right, that's all right. <laughs> so when she's sound asleep, then I will tiptoe. <coughs> but it was a terrible time for me, my friend. <laughs> Because a man was doing the job of a woman. <clears throat> I was doing the job of a woman. You know? But the fact is this. As God ordains it, the man should be the breadwinner of the family. And the woman should be the one who cares for the family. When that changes, there's a problem. I we together now. Let me take you through one thing before I move away from this because I want to show you many more things about the issue of adultery. We know that in the Genesis I read to you, go back to my Genesis. It says the man should be a suitable helper. And then the next verse, let's go for verse 20. The The woman is a suitable helper and God said let the word 220 it says so the man gave names to every livestock and to Adam that was necessary no today we ever found for him now the next verse 21 so the lord god caused the man to fall into a deep sleep and while he was sleeping he, he took the man's ribs and closed up the ribs with flesh this is a false surgery. Yes. And then he went further. The Lord God made the woman from the rib he had taken out of the man. And he brought her to the man. The next verse. Now let's read that together. The man said what? that's a, a word of satisfaction? Absolutely. Whenever God chooses for a man, that woman will be your satisfaction. If you choose for yourself, you will soon find out that you are, in, you are a square peg in a round bottle. Are we together now? But having said this, look at what took place thereafter. The next verse. Let's read together. one flesh how do they become one flesh look at the king james version of that verse let's read together just click in james therefore a man will leave his father and mother when you marry you don't have father anymore your father and your mother have become the second priority that's what bible is telling you you and your wife you and your husband is priority your brother is not important anymore your father is not your first priority anymore your siblings are not important anymore your wife is the only portion you have in life i will together now So therefore, you cannot allow your relationship with your father to continue as it was before you married. It has to change. Your relationship with your mother, no matter how good you think your mother has been, has to change. Before you married, your father and your mother were the first in your life. Once you get married, they become the second. Your wife and your husband is now the first. So the desire of the woman is to satisfy the husband and the desire of the husband is to satisfy the wife if you have money your first consideration is your husband or your wife both either side you cannot build house with your father you cannot build house with your brother you can only build house with your wife you cannot do joint venture i repeat myself with your father you cannot do joint venture with your blood brothers. You can only do joint venture with your wife. Listen to me. If you have to do business with... And you know, you need a third party. And in this issue, your father or your mother... Uh, your father or your mother or your 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 brothers and cousins and stuff. You must treat them as the Lord demands. And you must make sure that as a woman... Your, hus- your You do not go and do anything with your family of such without your wife being involved. Because the two are one. It has to be you together doing that business as an entity. And between you and anybody, either your father, your mother, your cousin, or whatever. Between both of you is strict law. And when the law is contravened, My brother is non-entity. My father is non-entity. They shall be dealt with squarely according to the written law. What about my father said he will reject me as his son? I'm no more his son. I'm a husband of somebody from the day I married. So to say he's rejecting me is just a, a tautology. It has already happened. He had rejected me at the altar. When I went, I signed with another woman and went away with my life. So to, to brag that I was going to reject you, all those things are nonsense. To say that I'm going to put a curse on you is, is just pissing to the air. I would together. This is the scripture: the man shall what leave his father and his mother and be united or cleave to his wife, and both of them shall become what one flesh. Full stop. Now, does that mean that I will kick my parents away? No. Because my parents are the one who raised me to where I am. My my wife's parents are the one who raised her to where she is. What that means is that both of us are one in consideration first. Then our second consideration are the parents. Because the Bible says that we should the Bible <coughs> set up our, our personal. Um, you know, responsibilities to our parents which must be fulfilled. Honor thy father and thy mother that your days may be long. A wife cannot deprive the husband from helping his parents. A husband cannot deprive the wife from helping her parents. Because if a wife says that the husband should not help his parents, then that wife has broken the law of God. If the man says the woman should not help her parents, that, woman, that man had broken the law of God. So what happens about parenthood? When a man marries a woman, that man adopts the parents of that wife as his own parents, while the, ma- the woman takes over the parents of the man. So in marriage you exchange parents. So that the parents of that man have become the parents of the woman. And the parents of the woman have become the parents of the man. Which means therefore, as it is that your parents saw to it that you did not suffer throughout your life, it is your godly duty, both together, to make sure that your both parents don't suffer till they die. You have a life responsibility with your parents to take care of them till they die. But not at your own detriment. I will together now. So that it is not that you want to take care of your parents at your detriment. A parent who will want to continue to depend on his sons is a parent that has failed in life. Because a parent should raise the daughter, raise the son, so that at the place of marriage they can go and be independent. And the parent can carry on in life. But we know that this is not so terrible. everybody. that's one of the things when I look at people who come to CFT, you know. I, I admire you because if I had been under an instructor like me when I was growing, I would be more than what I am today. God has brought you under an instructor who has, he has embedded knowledge and wisdom into him so that you at your younger age, you, are, you know the truth. You can't be deceived. A member of this house that is deceived itself, it, it he deceived himself by himself. It is a self-inflicted deception. Cft is a church whereby you can never be deceived. People who are me on television, thank God and they get into wisdom. Talk to the people who stand under me. I will together now. When I met my wife, I'll tell you this: Instantly, I took my wife to my mother. And I told my wife that, you see, this woman is the one I love most in my life. I've not known any other love more than her. Now, I said I wanted to become like her. I can say that of my mother because she was an envy of everybody. Okay? Not every woman, one can say that the wife should become like. No, be so. Uh-huh. So don't go and say that. Apostle said she should become like his wife. <laughs> My mother, my mother. I'll tell you, my mother. When people send their their, their when when women uh, wives came to England in those days and they get all their degrees, doctors, lawyers, judges, and stuff, their husband sent them to my mother to train them because academics is not a wife. It's my mother that I trained them. And my mother, when many of you are sitting down talking, she will see nothing. Okay? I uh, what do you have to say? She say you said it all. The only thing she does is pray. And her walk. Okay? And my mother, if you force her to speak, what she will speak, all those who are PhD and who are all academicians, they will be dumbfounded because it is wisdom that speaks. All the prayer I prayed today, I learned it from her mouth. I will get it. She's a woman of deep wisdom. She never quarreled once with my father. Ever. Whatever my father says in the house, my mother says, yes sir. All my life I tell you. If they have disputes among themselves, it's away from us we've never seen my wife my mother said no but we also recognize that my father when he had done many things and said many things he comes back to my mother and said that what do you think we should do about it and what my mother says is what he does and what my mother was sometimes my father gets angry because you know he was a witch doctor so you you, somebody who is a witch doctor one of the fruit of the spirit of satan is anger (laughs) Uh, one of the fruit of the spirits with the devil's anger. So when my father, the old comes and he gets angry and stuff like that. My mother, and my, everybody is talking, my father doesn't want to hear them. Once my mother appear and said, enough, my father will be quiet. My father will be quiet. So he was such a woman in the church, she singled out among all women. and we're talking about a church over a thousand then. So when I met my wife, I said, you need to go and learn this woman from this woman. Do you know what happened? In a short time, my mother and my wife became bonded like this. To the extent that somebody in our church, because I brought my wife to our church, somebody in our church decided that my wife, this, they didn't know the, this daughter of my mother. And that her character is so good just like my mother and they want their son to marry her so they came to my mother and said this your daughter new daughter you have brought we haven't seen all these years that can you please let our son marry marry her and my mother smiled you know she doesn't talk <laughs> she said <laughs> That if you allow my son to grab you, you will be be terrible for you. He said, How? He said, It's not his sister. I said, No, that is his wife to be. (laughs) Ah! The man said, He's a lucky man. But what I'm saying to you, my mother and my wife sleep on the same bed. My mother is the one that shaped a lot also in my wife. Because my mother and her, she she will give my mother her clothes. My mother, she will wear my mother's clothes, and my mother will wear her clothes. That's how they became. They will sleep together on the same bed. I mean, my sister, who you saw, became envious. Okay, but she saw a grace. She coveted the grace, and she married the grace. That's the reason why my our marriage, you know, I will tell you something is an example. It is an example. But what I'm saying to you by going to that is this. When you meet a man as a woman, the parents of that woman become your parents. It is your duty to take care of them. After a husband, they are the next care. Well, the man must take care of the parents of the woman. Just like that. If everybody understands this, I think there will be a little bit of sanity in the world. And that is the position it is. What about if you attack the parents of your husband? Huh? Uh, Your son's wives will attack you. God will give you sons. The moment they marry their daughters, their wives will begin to attack you too. Exactly what you did to your parents, you will repeat before you die. What about as a man, you begin to oppress the parents of of your wife? God will give you daughters. Their husband will oppress you. Because this thing is a matter of sowing and reaping. So the Bible says, the man will leave his family and be and cleave with his wife. And they will become one flesh. And I love this. Therefore shall a man, in another word, for only this reason shall a man and a woman become one flesh. What is one flesh? And that is what will lead us into you know, the area of sexual relationship. One flesh is answered in the next verse. Shall we read the next verse? 25. The man and his wife both were naked. Now therefore, a woman can only be naked to her husband. What about if you are in courtship and you have fixed married date? it can be cancelled. I've told you this all the time. In Lagos one day, there was a wedding. That was in the 70s. And as the woman was marching to the altar with the, uh, uh, no, they, they were holding the wedding and they called the bride and the groom to the altar to solemnization. As they said, does anyone have a reason which we will always read? And it looks like a ritual. But it is real, we mean it. Why I should not join, this person should not join, be joined together with the other person? At the end of the cathedral, a white lady appeared, stood up with two boys. As started walking in the co, ko, 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 ko. You know, everybody was silent. You know, the cathedral is mabu. Co. Go and everybody looked back, and the priest stopped because those two boys are carved image of this man. And when he came to the front, he said, "Kola, these are your children," and handed the boys to him. And she turned back. Go, go, go. The wife in white gown. she went down straight away they were finding her the priest had to stop the marriage he had to stop the marriage let me tell you something there's a lady who joined this church a few years ago in london that lady was brought to me she was about um, i think eight months pregnant when she was brought to an IVG what happened to her was that she lived with a man for 11 years and then they decided to wed. They were both Catholics. So when they wedded, uh, when they were going to wed, they fixed the wedding day, they printed cards, they bought food, the man bought the clothes, gown, everything, they rented hall and everything. Yeah, the family came, they ate, they exchanged vows, uh, rings, and all stuff. Yeah? Now they are now looking at the wedding day. About a week before the wedding day, the man did not show up at home you know they were living together which is ungodly for a christian so the man didn't show up she thought it was a joke second day the man didn't show up. she started the all over the whole place you know she had started foaming again on the first day abusing the man that, that is how this stupid man this that man is just it's that man hmm? she was getting angry the man didn't show up. The fourth day the man didn't show up. She started calling the family. The wedding is now counting down to zero. The family said, don't worry, he will show up. I'm not telling you fiction. It's, the woman joined this church. Okay? And pastors, you remember this woman. She gave birth here. So whatever happened to, to whatever the case may be, a day before wedding, he didn't show up. On, they told, the family said, put on your wedding gown. Come, maybe he wants to surprise you. So she put on her wedding gown in London. They have cooked food. And she came to the church waiting for the man. The priest waited and waited, and the man didn't show up. So the priest could not wear them. That was where she entered her dilemma. That was seven, where they were. Uh, no, the, the pregnancy was uh, seven months, uh, six months at the time of the incidents. So she started going. From place to place to prayer house, you know. Those who do deliverance for her, did deliverance. Those who deliver something upon her, deliver it. And all manners of people. Uh, uh, all these vagabond preachers began, they used her as a punching bag. At least she, she, she had been disappointed or married. She should be left alone to be happy. But the nurse had milking her. Whatever happened, when the pregnancy was eight months, somebody heard about CFT. And they brought the lady to my night vigil. And the lady came into my night, BG, and at the end of the meeting, she came to me and I said, Hey, eh, eh, Apostle, eh, eh, Pastor, eh, this is the problem I have. And after stating all our problems, you know what the Lord told me? The Lord said that I should tell her, first of all, she needs to accept Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. And I told her about salvation. She accepted Jesus. Having accepted Jesus, now God opened up. And he said, tell her. She is the one who drove the man away. I said, darling, you see that man went to marry you. You drove him away. Okay. She took a deep breath. as she opened up. She told us how she had been so ruthless. How she had been so... You know, women who don't take mess. You remember my story about I don't take mess. And God said, because you don't take mess, I don't give you a mess. So, how she had been... Because not everybody wore. Not every woman had a privilege to be trained by a good mother. That's the reason why we have the church. So that what if you are a victim of a bad mother because your mother, too, was a victim of a bad mother, then the church in a place to help you so that you can be good. You can stop that bad whatever on your own set, you know, line, so that you can do something better. Whatever the case may be, she wept and When she's talking, she's crying the muko everywhere. I said, clean your nose. You know what you did, Okay. So now you have accepted. Go on your knees and beg God to have mercy on you. And see me on Sunday. Don't confess anything. Go on your knees. If you want your husband, repent and really ask God for mercy. Tell God I will not treat him like that anymore. I will treat him well. And say, you know, God knows your heart. If you are talking with your mouth, you will give back. The man will not come. You will just be like that. She went and she begged God for mercy. The next time she came to me was Sunday. As we were talking, the Lord said to me to tell her that your husband will be in this church next Sunday. When I said that to her, you said who? I said your husband. (laughs) I said your husband will be here next Sunday. You said my husband. I said yes. I said next Sunday is just seven days now. You don't have to worry yourself. I said he's going to be here next Sunday. You know, people can understand that because they have been used to somebody rubbing their head, shaking them, pressing their nose and all stuff, shouting and spitting over their faces because they believe that it's some devil, whereas it's not devil, she is the one. We demon didn't let you marry your attitude. <laughs> Don't worry, that is part of it now. <laughs> <laughs> is it not, marriage seminar. Huh? <laughs> so, I have seen the flower. Well done, flower. <laughs> so, you understand now. But what happened on Friday night? We finished the vigil. The woman went home. And then the telephone rang. Hello, it was the man. The woman said she was almost collapsing. The man said, I'm coming home tomorrow. The man came that day. On the Sunday, the man was... It was in the meeting. I gave altar call for salvation. The man stood on the altar call. The woman was here. She came again. You know, when you first give your life to Jesus and something really drove you, every time they give altar call, (laughs) you go again. So... (laughs) As I was moving by the Spirit of God, the Lord told me, this is the man you are expecting today. I said, Olga, you are the one. Look at the woman is the other place. That woman, that is your wife. He said, yes, sir. I said, you are the evangelist who ran away from whom? <laughs> he was looking. He dedicated his life to Christ. He, he said he was a Christian, but he dedicated, he dedicated his life. After the minister, I said, come and see me. We went and I, we sat down. I said, what's the matter with you? You said you're a Christian. Why did you do things like that? The man said, this woman, my wife, we live together for 11 years. Why did I not marry her for 11 years? I don't want to put my head into marriage chain. Because my brother married a woman that turned his life to sorrow. And this woman started arguing with me in courtship and everything that woman who married my, my brother was doing bad things. She's doing the same thing. How can I be a husband over a woman that will not listen to me? If I say one word, she say 10 words. I can't sit down to think and talk about anything with my wife. She's always wanting to be the one who decides everything. The one who does everything. Where will I be a man in my own house? And so when the marriage was fixed, I sat down and looked at my life. That I don't want my life to be like the life of my brother. So I know what will I do. So I decided to just ask I've relocated. He has relocated. <laughs> So I said, "There, you see now that God doesn't lie. And I said, now she has changed. Okay? The woman gave birth to twins, I think. And God restored that home. And then they went and married. You understand me? Now, what I'm trying to help us to understand here is very clear. To be naked to a man, it has to be the one you have married to. If you are in a courtship and you fix a married date, does not license you to start sleeping with a man. It is a sin. Fornication, it is called. If you have sexual intercourse with anybody that you are not married to, it is fornication. If you have sexual intercourse with somebody out of your marriage, it is adultery. Now, very, very quickly, let me just take you through this. and It will just be opening up something and we will look much detail into it marriage therefore should be honorable the book of hebrew 13 4 it says marriage should be honored by all and the marriage bed kept pure for god will judge the adulterer and all sexually immoral now understand this when a person marries a person you have made an oath. And you know that from this Genesis before we came here, the only condition why a woman can have intercourse with a man or allow a man to touch your body or strip yourself naked must be that he had married you. If he hadn't married you, when you do that, even if you say that you agree to marry, it is fornication. I will show you the danger of fornication before we finish. And also the consequence of adultery. The Bible says, therefore, that marriage should be honored by all. both husband, uh, your parents, you honor your marriage, your brothers, you honor your marriage. You too must honor the marriage of your parents, honor the marriage of uh, your brothers, and all stuff like that. And it says, for, and the marriage bed be kept pure. Okay? Why? God will judge adultery. So if you look at the word kept pure means you must not have sexual intercourse with anybody outside marriage. A married man must not go and hug a woman outside with fantasizing because adultery is not only act, adultery is at a split second of thought. Okay? You must treat women that are married with respect. Okay? But going to hug somebody else's husband in an unseemly manner. Because the Bible says, greet yourself with holy kisses. I will remember Pastor Sidney and uh, Pastor Debbie and the rest of them will remember a sister who who joined us in all events and Mommy. Uh, greet yourself with holy kisses. She will grab us, men like this. <laughs> holy kisses. <laughs> she will grab us to the extent that we cannot deliver us. <laughs> holy kisses. Yeah? So the day she grabbed me like that, I pushed her and I said, Sister, <laughs> from that day, holy kisses. <laughs> He's the one who taught us. The Bible says, Greet yourself with holy kisses. Not knowing that she was planning, one day she went to one, one of the sisters' houses. And before we know it, the boyfriend of that sister, they were living together in the house there. And she, before we knew it, she was in the bathroom with the boyfriend of the sister. They were bathing together, holy kisses. <laughs> 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 Mommy had to l- set out all her antennas as well. <laughs> and we flushed her out. Phone <laughs> call very early in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are passed through. So, <laughs> listen to me, therefore. The same thing, let me say this to you. In church, we married men must be very careful. Not every woman we hug. I don't hug every woman. I hug women, but watch me well. When I, Before I hug you, I see you. Hello? <laughs> but if I look into the eyes and I see that something is behind it, I will just shake your hands and if you want to hug me i will just hold your hands together because not everybody's kiss is holy judas betrayed jesus but for you all right
1: praise the lord you know women we have to be very careful especially those of you that are married to men of god you have to really be very careful then the church, we don't have a place where people will go. My home is for everybody, you know. And I'm nursing a baby. This girl comes every morning to take a phone call from a boyfriend that is not in America. But as Apostle said, my antenna to I'm very alert. And it's like, you know, your ma, your husband is genuine. And this woman comes to take phone call, but I said, Okay, you stay up. We will receive the phone call together before we call you. To talk to this man but you know before we knew, yeah before we knew I just felt no he's not done 6 a.m you are here and i'm not seeing a baby so that but, but before 6 a.m you know me i'm not seeing mother i'm awake i've gotten myself ready i'm in my nice suits and i'm not seeing baby but i must look well as well so i didn't still says and say my husband is looking at after some no 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 way so when you go ah so you have arrived you 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 woke up early ah Oh, apostle should have come. You know, you don't need to worry yourself. I say, I worry myself. (laughs) I say, I worry myself because I've I've looked after the man of God. The man of God is resting. But I'm going to look after you. And when your so-called boyfriend calls from America, then I can, you know, maybe still listen or whatever. But she had a plan that I'm still nursing a baby. And I will not come down as early as that. So, you know, see mother, be very careful. Your husband is simple. Uh, I said, why do you? I said, no, 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 no. I just feel, because I've, I've worked among people that are messed up like that. And I have to keep my home. It was in the end, when she started this other one, sn- snatching people's husband, that we now discover, oh, well, she's like one of the quarry stars as well. Yeah. So, you have to be very careful, women, with your husbands. Don't just think, you know. i'm not saying that you should be suspicious but when there is a game around you you must be able to catch up with that game amen
0: all right because time is gone let's go straight into that married bed should be kept pure. yoga bed of course your physical bed should not be a place that people come and sit you bring in people to your bedroom to come and sit on the Marital bed of your husband or your wife, never. Okay? But what he's talking about there is adultery. You must not have sexual intercourse with anybody outside your marriage because God will judge every adultery. Look at the King James Version. What is this saying? It says marriage should be, marriage is honorable in all and the bed undefiled. But warmongers and adulterers, God will judge. Now, you see, where I want us not to forget is God will judge. So if somebody do it once, you will be judged. If you continue to live in it, then it's disaster. If somebody commits adultery or fornication, if you are a believer, a true Christian, you will lose your joy straight away. If you commit it and you don't lose your joy, then you are not born again at all. Do you get it now? If it looks like numb, no, you are not born again at all. If you make a mistake to die, you go to hell. Born again is not activity in church, but those who are born again are active too. Are we together now? It is conscience and conviction. The Holy Spirit will convict you of sin whenever you fall. Now, the second thing is Malachi chapter 2, verse 15. It says, has not the Lord made them one? In flesh and spirit they are his. And why one? Because he was seeking godly offspring. So guard yourself in your spirit and do not break faith with the wife of your youth. And it's talking about divorce here. Okay? But look at verse, look at, um, now let's explore a little bit into, into adultery. Adultery, a killer sin. You can write that down. Adultery is a killer sin. Let's see the Old Testament view. Deuteronomy 22 verse 22. If a man is found sleeping with another man's wife, both of them who slept with her, and the man must die you must purge the evil from israel do we see how terrible adultery is now let's go to new testament thinking about about it first corinthians chapter 6 verse 9 to 11 i'll be very quick in 10 minutes i will stop it says do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of god okay now who are the wicked do not be deceived neither the sexually immoral nor idolaters nor adulterers nor male prostitutes nor homosexual offenders nor thieves nor the greedy nor drunkards, nor slanderers nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of god and that is what no sorry no thieves nor greedy nor drunkard nor slander slanderers, no, swindlers, will inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 11, and that is what some of you were. <coughs> but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Now look at what it says here. It begins by saying, do, do, do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? And when it begins to explain about wickedness, first thing it says is sexually immoral. Fornication and adultery. When the Bible says that anybody who is in search cannot inherit the kingdom of God, can it burn again say that, well, you know, God forgives me and, you know, I can do it. No, no. When you are disconnected from uh, the a kingdom inheritance, what happens to you is that your prayers will not be answered. The enemy can mess you up. The enemy can destroy you. You you will totally be frustrated in everything you do. It's a matter of time. Okay? So, the person who commits sexual immorality with a homosexual offender, they are the same thing before God. You are the same thing with an idol worshiper. With a prostitute, you are the same thing before God. Thief, greedy, slanderers, swindlers. So you cannot be living in adultery or fornication and then point an accusing finger to any of these people. You are just the same thing, in the same class. Now, number three, sexual immorality destroys. You know the one I read to you, you know, that I give you. I, I said adultery a killer sin, and I showed that to you in the Deuteronomy. Then the Corinthians. The sexually immoral will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's the title of that second one. Then the next one is, The sexual sexual immorality destroys your body. Okay? It is an entrance for demons to human physical body. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 13. Food for the stomach and stomach for the food, but, the, but God would destroy the, them both. The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. Verse 15 says, do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? So when somebody commits sexual immorality before God, that person is a prostitute. You are prostituting your body. Because your body is supposed to be meant for one person with whom you have married. He says, never. Alright? Go to verse 19. Do you not know that your body is the temple of God or the temple of the Holy Spirit? Who is in you, whom you have received from God, you are not your own. When a person is born again, your body becomes the example of the Holy Spirit. Okay? So, he went further to say, do you not know, okay, you are not your own? Verse 20 says, you are bought at a price, therefore honor God with your body. Do we get it now? Come on now. Now I want to show you what about this body issue. What about this body issue? Why is God really talking about why is God very angry with sexual immorality? Holy Ghost is inside your body. And then you take the body to a place where you commit adultery or fornication. So you are taking God along with you. You plan the act, you decide the act, He tries to stop you by several convictions, convincing signs. Then what God hates most, you now force it on God. Now if you were God, what would you do? You won't spare that man. Okay, because time is gone now, I will read it to you. Don't worry, I will read it. I will explain it some other time. If you look at therefore in verse 16 of same chapter 6, it says, Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? And this is what tells you that demons can enter your body. Because what is a prostitute? Somebody possessed with an evil spirit that makes her just sleep with people. Okay? So when you become one with that person in body, it means that what she has in her body transmit into your body. For it is said, two will become one flesh, which is the Genesis we read. But he who unites himself with the Lord is one with him in spirit. And this is the evidence that tells you that you contact the spirit of whoever you sleep with. Because if you render your body to the Lord, you become one with his spirit. The spirit of God is what enters you, isn't it? So if you become one body with a prostitute, it's the spirit of prostitution that enters you. Look, a girl, a girl was brought to this church some, some years ago while the youth convention was going on. And this sister, you know, while they were doing the uh, prayer, one of the youth said that um, she had uh, some beads in her waist and said they should... He called the the girls to break the bead. When they broke the bead, she manifested demons. All over the place was scattered. I was in the meeting. But, you know, I was just there to oversee what they were doing. And she began to confess. She had been involved with a boy. And that boy was brought the following day or something like that. I was there too. And that boy said he's a gang leader. And the boy said, I put demons into her through sexual intercourse. I have it on video. And the boy said, did I not tell you? The day we had the sex, I told you, you have sex with me, you are going to have demons. And I'm going to put demons in you. And she said, yeah, yeah, don't worry. And I slept with her, she, the boy said. And from that day, the demons entered into her. You know these beads that women put on your waist. If you are a Christian, if you put it on, demons will follow you. They will enter your body. It's so simple. So simple. It came from occultism. You must not meddle with um, occultic things. But occultic things love ignorance. Because demons can easily mess them up. Okay? So we know that the Bible is correct, that demons enter into people through sexual intercourse. Because he also said in the book of 1 Corinthians, um, I think it's 11, when he was talking about uh, children, he says that if an unbeliever is married to a believer, you know, that they were married before they became believer, not that a Christian went to look for an unbeliever to be married to. And he says that if the unbeliever decides to live in peace, the, uh, the believer is not under bond because both of them have been sanctified and their children therefore will not be defiled through sex. Okay, We will talk about that. I will deal with sexual intercourse as a topic. But this sexual intercourse of a thing, what we're looking at at now is that it opens door for the demons to to possess or oppress a man, enter into a human body, Um, because the body of man is the holy temple of God, it defiles that body. And when it for bodies defile, we see by the evidence of the scripture that demons can access those bodies. But let me say this to you that there's a case in the Bible. Look at the book of First Chronicles, chapter 5, verse 1. Somebody can lose God's given opportunity and destiny through sex. It says, the sons of Reuben, the firstborn of Israel. He was the firstborn, but when he defiled his father's marriage bed, his rights as firstborn were given to the sons of Joseph. Sons of Israel, so he could not be listed in the geographical record in accordance to birthright. Uh, this is First, First Chronicles, five. Let me see. First Chronicles, five, one. All right. Look at Genesis thirty-five verse twenty-two. What did he do? You know, he defied his father's marital bed. So we understand that when the Bible says marital bed should not be defied, it's talking about sexual intercourse. Now while Israel was living in, the, in that region, Reuben went in and slept with his father's concubine. Beloved, and Israel had it. Jacob had 12 sons. So because he slept with his father's concubine, defiling his father's marital bed, he lost his destiny. As the firstborn. And his name was never mentioned again. In the record books. So. Uh, sexual immorality is a dangerous thing. I read to you that God. Okay. God. Another one you need to write that. God will destroy therefore sexually immoral. God will destroy an adulterer. First Corinthians 3.16. It says. Don't you know that you yourself are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you, which you have read also in chapter 6. It says, if anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. Chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is sacred and you are that temple. You know what? This information is enough to help you stay away from sexual sin. You know, let me say this to you. All of you have been hailing uh, Apostle. Yeah, heal Apostle Williams. <laughs> Not like Hitler. Ah, that man of God. I love him. Ah, blah, blah, blah. What about if somebody comes in tomorrow as they have been doing to Savo now, Jimmy Savo, and he said that he slept with me? And the other one came and he said he slept with me in 2000 and, uh, so, 19 something, something. That one came and said that he slept with me. And when you were talking about it, another one just came with, with babies to the service when the service was high. Like that woman who was doing cool, cool. <laughs> How would you feel? Some of you will break down in tears. Some of you will break down tears. Some of you will say that, but it is his past. Okay? Why some of you will say that, but if he has been saying all this, how can he do that? Especially if those people who are members of the church. That is fiduciary bridge. Because there are people who have been entrusted in my hand, and because of my position, I have abused them. How would you feel? You won't feel good at all. So are you too. Even more will God not feel good when we defile the body. This is the reason why many Christians cannot operate in power. Because clean things don't live in unclean vessels. But you know the most dangerous here is that sexual morality will make God not to answer man's prayer. Man will pray, 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 fast, fast, God won't answer. This, the Bible says that, that's the last point I will give you. Look at the book of Malachi, chapter 2, 13 14. It says, another thing you do, you flood the Lord's altar with tears. You weep and wail because he no longer pays attention to your offering or accept them with pleasure from your hands. You ask why? It is because the Lord is acting as the weakness between you and the wife of your youth. Because you have broken faith with her. Though she is your partner, the wife of your marriage covenant. And that also stems into adultery, uh, into divorce. This is what will lead us into talking about divorce. There's no time today I will cover the issue of divorce by the grace of God in our next lecture. But look at Proverbs. I will also teach you more on this consequence of sexual sin. Satan must not deceive you. If you feel sexy, marry. If you marry, then you can have sex if you like. uh, You know, just sleep there and be having sex. (laughs) Your body will tell you that uh, life is not only just to be having sex. Are you with me now? Instead of allowing the devil to deceive you. And let me say this to you, you men. Because the things that can make people, that Satan can use to deceive people and get them into sexual morality is, there are some men who marry women by compassion. When you are young, you fed a woman, a girl, and you have compassion on the girl you married her because she's dancing around you. You grew up a little bit older to recognize that that shape of a woman is not really what you want. I would together now. And that keeps on haunting you. So whenever you see a lady in the very shape you like, you know, Satan will begin to manipulate your mind. You have to really fight that. That's the reason why you don't marry by prophecy. You marry by sight, not by faith. Are we together now? <laughs> is, there anybody, is there anybody in this house? We, did, have you ever read in the Bible, we marry by faith and not by sight? What do you see? We walk by faith not by sight but we married by sight because when god brought eve to adam he saw he didn't receive eve by faith he said adam looked and said my lord this at last is flesh of my flesh he look like me ma this is beautiful when god spoke to sarah that sarah will have a child you know what happened the next day? Sarah was passing and Adam looked, Wow, what a beautiful lady going past my house. Hello? And Sarah looked back. It's you, Sarah. Because before that day, Sarah was bent over. Suddenly, the person that Abraham, that gave birth to the child for Abraham, was not bent over. The moment the prophecy was spoken, there is manifestation. You know, when you marry somebody that, you are del- that is delighted that you are delighted in. When you begin to grow in marriage, and especially you women, you start having children, your body starts changing. What delights your husband in you can never be taken. It can never be taken. You, you you can change to yourself, not to him. Not to him. The same thing with the woman to the husband. What delights you in that man will remain. What happened in marriage is that whatever delighted you in what you are seeing, by the time you are growing. It becomes like, um, you know, like uh, a spiritual thing. It began from the physical, but it becomes spiritual. That your wife will always be attracted to you. But if the shape of a woman you marry is not the kind of shape that attracts you, that you love to have, when you grow a bit older and you are beginning to see all manners of shapes, I'm telling you the truth. You, the devil can use that, slide you. I, I don't have time today. I will have told you what I've gone through in London. I've told uh, I've said it always in my, my seminar. Women have come to me before in my house alone naked in this London. She, the woman came in and sat opposite me, opened her laps. She was not wearing pants and she was all over the whole place. Her breast was out like this. She was wearing spaghetti and hot pants. To my house because she decided that she's coming to sleep with me and she decided that she will get me at all costs. And my wife was not with me, she was in Nigeria. You know, I can tell you practically what saved my head. Yeah, God. But when I married, I opened my eyes. The shape of a woman that attracts me is what I married. The way I prayed that the neck of my wife should be, that's the next year till today. The neck didn't change. (laughs) Hallelujah, somebody. The kind of face I prayed that I want to marry, that's the face she has still today. She didn't change. The legs I want, that is what she has. You know, I'm not a person attracted to slim people. Alright? But at the same time, I don't like somebody that is fat. That is how God created me. But at the same time, I know in my spirit... Before i married. That's just what I wanted. So if what I'm seeing, I'm satisfied, can another side instigate? No, it's not possible. Look, when you marry, my father told me there are two areas of food that people eat on not. The first one is your mouth. The second place of your food is your sexual organ. And if you look at your sexual organ and your mouth to your anus and your sexual organ right through... They have the same similar compartment in operation, in actions and reactions. I've taught you about this when I teach you about sexual intercourse. I'm going to have a night for sexual intercourse. Only married men and women will come. And I will show you about this biologically. It is biological. And as we go, created it. And so the Bible says in the book of uh, Proverbs, which is where we are looking to complete Look at Proverbs chapter 5, verse 15. It says, drink water from your cistern, running water from your own well. Should your spring overflow in the streets, your streams of water in the public square, let them be yours alone, never to be shared with strangers. And it's talking about your sexual organ. May your fountain be blessed and may you rejoice in the wife of your youth. A loving doe, a graceful dear, may her breast satisfy you always. A man must not look at the breasts of another woman. That's the reason why we always say in church, no woman should open their breasts. If anybody opens their breasts in church, if it's a worker, we send them away. And I told my ushers, if a new person came to my church and she dressed like, um, you know, her breast is out, her bums, bring her right to my front. Yes, so that I'm the one. As I'm preaching, I'm looking at her. Every time that happens, by the time I zero into her, either she will repent, or when people are praying, she vanishes. It has happened again and again here. Because the nipples of women, women who are in cults, their nipple of their breast is a machinery of satanism. They sent out evil spray from nipples. I know about this. Their clitoris is another place that demons abode. A man touches it, he's gone. He will become like a morose. My father was a wizard. Not for, for, for he's not uh, yeah, um, for fun. So that today I can tell you, you know, people who are who are ignorant, who just go disobey the gospel, they don't know what what you know They don't know what you are playing with. You touch the breast of a woman, you are finished. Once her nipple can touch your chest, they will send vibes into you. You won't know what you are doing anymore. At least it will take seven years before your eyes can be clear. Whenever they need you, you will run out of wherever it be and be running for them until they milk you to bone. So don't dare it. The breast of your wife is the only one that is yours. He says, may you ever be captivated by her love. He's talking about the breast of your wife, not the breast of another woman. Why be captivated, my son, verse 20, by an adulteress? Why embrace the bosom of another man's wife? Why do you, you know, hold the breast of another man's wife? For a man's ways are in full view of the Lord, and he examines all his path. God sees everything you do. The evil deeds of a wicked man ensnare him. The cause of the sin hold him fast. He will die for lack of knowledge, of discipline. Led astray to his own great folly. Through breath. This is what the Bible is telling you. Loss. He, he will die for lack of knowledge. Led astray by his own folly. Go to chapter 6. Let me read this to you. Because we are coming to the end, I will explain this some other time. Look at verse 20. My son, keep, my, keep your father's commands and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Bind them up upon your heart forever. Fasten them around your neck. When you walk, they will guide you. When you sleep, they will watch over you. When you awake, they will speak to you. For the command, these commands are lamb. This teaching is light. And the correction of discipline are the way to life. Keeping you from immoral women, woman. From the smooth tongue of a wayward wife. Do not lust in your heart after her beauty. Or let her captivate you with her eyes. For the prostitute, what? Reduces you to a loaf of bread through eyes Contact. Through nipple, through eyes. Look at what it says. And the adulteress prey upon your very life. Adultery seek to kill a man. Can a man scoop fire into his last without his clothes being burnt? Can a man walk on a coal fire without his feet being scorched? So is he who sleeps with another man's wife. No one who touches her will go what?" will go what? So when you, have, when you sleep with somebody you are not married with, eventually you don't marry that person, what have you done? You slept with another man's wife. The Bible says, go and punish." Men do not despise a thief if they steal to satisfy his hunger when he is starving. Yet, if he is caught, <clears throat> he must pay sevenfold. Though it costs him all his wealth. Did you see all the punishment? He talks about life, he talks about (coughs) wealth, (coughs) the wealth of his house, but a man who commits adultery lacks judgment. Whoever does so destroys himself, isn't it? Blows and disgrace are his Lord's. Did you see that? and his shame will never be wiped away will never be wiped away his shame will never be wiped away that is when it's caught look at what the bible says here for jealousy arouses a man's a husband's fury, and he will show no mercy When he takes revenge, he will not accept compensation. He will refuse the bribe, however great it is. Adultery is what a believer should run away from. Adultery and fornication. It can ruin what you built all your life when you are caught. Apart from that, it's a silent killer. It it, it exposes your body to unnecessary attacks of the enemy, demons of hell. And then it destroys your wealth. Then it disgraces you and all stuff like that. But the last one is this. Chapter 7. You know 5, 6, 7 of Proverbs? They are the summary of adultery. Seven punishments come out of adultery. Look at what it says. (laughs) Which one is this one? I... From verse 7. Let me read from verse 7. I saw among the simple. I noticed among the young men. Now young men listen to me. A youth who lacked judgment. He was going down the street near her corner. Walking along in the direction of her house. That is a youth man. At twilight as the day was fading. In the morning. As the dark of night set in. Then out came a woman to meet him. Is not, I don't know the same thing they are doing now in these days, isn't it? In the twilight they are tipping to over the corner. Then a man will just come out of the place and, uh, and uh, a woman will just come out of the place and meet them, isn't it? Dress like a prostitute. Beads on their heads. Their eyes like dove. They will paint everything. Even today they now put uh, earrings in the nose, in the tongue, in the lips, in the breast. Dressed like a prostitute with crafty intent. She's loud and defiant. Her feet never stay at home. Now in the streets, now in the square. At every corner she locks. She took hold of him and kissed him. And with a brazen face, she said, I have fellowship offering at home. Today, I fulfill my vows. So, I came out to meet you. I looked for you and have found you. I have covered my bed with colored linen from Egypt. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let's drink of love till morning. Look at this. Let's enjoy ourselves with love. My husband is not at home. He has gone on a long journey. He took his purse filled with money and will not be home till full moon. With persuasive words, she led him astray. She seduced him with her smooth talk. All at once, he followed her. Spell had cut her, caught him. He followed her, like an ox going to a slaughter. Like a deer stepping into the noose till an arrow pierce its liver, hepatitis B. Huh? Like a bird darting into a snare, like knowing, a little knowing it, it will cause Him, his life. These are all diseases that are transmitted through sexual means. Now then, my son, listen to me. Pay attention to what I say. Do not let your heart turn to her ways or stray into her path. Many are the victims she had brought down. Her slain are a mighty thorn. Her house is a highway to the grave leading down to the chambers of death may the lord bless the reading of his holy word can i just say this you will talk about that some other time but you need to know this for tonight sex is a gift of god that is sexual intercourse and god gave it as a blessing not as a curse but we know that everything that God gives as a blessing, the devil can use them to curse people. And when it is done out of marriage, then it invokes all these things you are talking about. Um, there is something which they have been doing about uh, saying, ah, you should be using condom and all sort like that. You know, condom came from the devil. It came from the devil. Because if, People are getting all these sicknesses as the Bible says here. Because they are contravening God in their sexual activities. Okay? Using condom will not deliver them. It is repentance that will deliver them. Is God interested in destroying people? No. He says here that with his own hand he destroys himself. A man who lacks judgment and self-control can easily be destroyed by the enemy. We're going to stand up together and pray. <coughs> you know, you will, but it is very, very strange that even among believers, believers sometimes can be deceived by the devil because of your stand in God. And this is the reason why in church we have to teach this so that you can Prevent it, you have enough tool to stand against the devil when the devil tries to mess you up. You know I we say this young girl or young lady, what should be your pursuit in life? Academics and God, husband, forget it. Because it is a man that looks for woman. Are we together now? A woman must not say, I'm getting old. You are not old. Who are you to be old? You better wait for the person God prepared for you than to put your head into an early marriage of everyday regret. Those who have put their head there can't get out. You don't have to wait early. But if God gives you the person you will wait early enough and you can maintain yourself, yes. I told my own children, I raise you, send you to school, you wait for yourself. If you think that God I say, Father, who is going to give you money on your wedding. No, I'm asking you. It's you who will spend the money. I come to enjoy my life. I cannot spend my money to raise you, give you success, and then spend my money to wed for you. No, you wed. Because when we were going to wed, that's what we did. My wife and I, we walked on our money. We bought the clothes our parents were used to our wedding. Every penny needed, we supplied. And the Bible says it. if you are not financially able don't go into a wedding you won't go to a wedding when you are not solid financially and then you are getting problem in the in the, in the wedding i want to come to my children's wedding as a guest to be honored by them it is their time to to, to lavish their money over me if i have <clears throat> i will not spend it for their wedding after they have finished wedding and showed me that they are responsible okay and they now move into the house where they have rented by themselves or bought by themselves. I cannot go and give them money. Hall, they will pay for it. The clothes, I will give them the suit I want to wear. They must buy it. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. This is the scripture. It is the scripture. I will now. We are we together now? We're going to pray for ourselves. First of all, we're going to pray that God should strengthen our soul. And protect us from the devil who is the prey against our lives. Shall we just begin to pray in the name of Jesus? Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we pray for ourselves, every one of us, all our members. Strengthen our soul, O God. Strengthen us in our inner man. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ... Protect us from falling away. Immune us from the deception of hell. Let us pray for our young girls and our young men. Protect their hearts. Protect their mind. O oh Father, we pray Thee. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Protect them from deception of Satan and the evil desires of this age. Our Lord, our Redeemer, we pray. Stretch out your hand of mercy. Guide our the heart and the soul of our young men and women. Let their heart be burning for Jesus only. Father, let them totally commit themselves to you. Lord, we pray thee, let us pray for the married men and women, that God will sustain our soul from falling. God will deliver and protect us from all the deception of Satan that is around the world. That Satan will not be able to deceive us. Satan will not be able to overrun any family. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. God, our heart is the wellspring of life. Guard our soul from falling. All our young ones who have married, strengthen them, Lord. Guard their spirit from falling. Do not allow the devil to overcome them. Everything they need to become, provide unto them. Let's pray for provision for every home. Father, we pray thee. We pray thee, O God, in Jesus' anointed name we are praying. Amen. You know, a young man should not be looking for a girlfriend when he hasn't got a success qualification. A young man, his heart should be God and career. When you hit your career, and you, you, because when you are alone without any woman, you know, it's easier, your success is easier as a young man. Because you only have your focus in one thing. The moment you go into a relationship, that focus gets divided. So if you have attained the height you want in life, woman, you will marry correct woman. Solid woman like yourself who had committed himself to God and to career. But along line, if God brought the person you marry, then that person, if you are a focused man, the person will be focused too. And relationship, you know, when you're you having courtship, your courtship is to plan your future. It's not to be kissing about, sitting around together. You haven't married somebody, you are sitting by the person, holding the person. What are you looking for? Sexual immorality. That's all. Arms length until you, you consummate your love. And this is the status of God. This is how relationship should be. If you do that as a Christian, you will forever thank God that you did it. Because others have, have have blundered and made mistakes and regretted doesn't mean that everyone should. The regret of the older should help the younger not to fall into the same pit. A woman who faces God and career, good man is the person that will come to you. People will be afraid, a useless not be afraid to talk to you. Once they know who you are, they will not they will keep their mouth, you know. I can I they will just say I, I was just greeting you. <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody until the one god said look do we believe god is faithful yeah. so if you serve Him faithfully he'll be faithful to you Isn't he be faithful to you i must not hear any adults in this church asking from a young woman when are you going to marry i've told the young people if you are if any adult ask you when are you going to marry you say when you give me one man it is god who decides when a person marries not parents and not any adults no I don't has the right to ask the younger one, when are you getting married? Unless if you see that person engaged, then if you ask him, when are you getting married? He says, because he is engaged. And that is for you to just know when he will get married because you also want to get some, you want to prepare yourself to eat and all stuff like that. We're going to pray. <laughs> We're, going to pray. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. We're going to pray for our church. We, we who are older, in 25 years' time, we want to look at them who are 20 now, in their 50s, and their children happy. Happily married. And we can say that as we raise you, you have raised your offspring. We want to be wedding people who are grandchildren. You know? So that we celebrate the success of marriage. Not marriage that you do like popcorn, Five years, you say you can't stay in it anymore. When did you start? Uh, Three years, you say the marriage is tough. If you are going for life, and you have only done three years, and you are saying it's tough, you don't know, (laughs) you still have (laughs) decades in front of you. Either you like it or not, you must go to the course. Hallelujah. Marriage shouldn't be like that. So we're going to pray that God, for the unmarried, grant them the wisdom. For those who have married, help them bring a better understanding. What about if somebody chose the wrong person? God is a master builder. He can blend you together. It's a matter of a little patience here for you, and a little patience here for the other one, and you'll be a best partner. Whereas if you marry the real person that God appointed for you, you will just blend together. But if you married someone that is not the right person that God had meant for you, then it means that you need more grace. And that is what we're going to pray. As far as the Bible is concerned, you get married, you die in it. So we're going to pray that, Father, grant grace, wisdom to those who are married, and help to bind their, the marriage together, men and women. We will use this opportunity to pray for anybody that is having tension in their marriage, that the Lord will destroy whatever is the tension and bring understanding. Shall we just pray in the name of Jesus? A God and King, we pray for all those who are married. That you grant them, Lord, understanding. Profound understanding. You bring two people from two different backgrounds. Let us pray for patience and tolerance. That they will be able to tolerate one another. Let us pray for long suffering and humility. Every argumentative spirit will banish them. Let us pray for understanding in marriages. The Bible says, enjoy life with your wife whom you love. Ecclesiastes 9.9 This is your only portion in this, your meaningless days. Grant them understanding. Grant them unity. Grant them bonding. Our God our Redeemer, we pray. Let us pray for those who are in courtship, that God will strengthen their spirits. That their courtship will be an example of a Christian courtship. That they will not fall a victim of loss. They will not fall a victim of deception of Satan. That God will protect their heart and mind. Those who are yet to meet who they will marry, that God will guide their steps. To the person that God has ordained for them. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Guide their steps, O God. Guide their footsteps, O God. Choose for them. As you chose for Adam, choose for them. As you chose for Isaac, choose for them. Guide their feet, O God. Thank you, King of Heaven. In Jesus' anointed name, we pray with thanksgiving. Our God and King, we pray for ourselves, all in this house, especially those who are yet to marry. Lord, our men, young boys, give them the eyes that see. Amen. Protect them from strange women who can mingle with the church only because they want to target them. May such women feel in in this house they will not have access to our boys we pray for young women the same prayer men who will see them on the streets sent by the devil to target them so that they can wreck their life father may such men fail father may you grant them the power of insight For both our young men and women, grant them patience. Choose for them. We want their marriage to be example. Even those who have made mistakes in the past among them. The Bible says, their sins I remember no more. Father, give them double for the times that they have lost. Restore them completely. We pray for the young ones who have married, that you will provide for them everything necessary to bring that family to the place you have ordained, that you will bestow upon them. Father, those who have set their days and their eyes and they've met one another and they are setting their eyes to the future for wedding, during this period of courtship, help them to understand one another. May they spend their courtship digging deep into you. Praying together, studying the word of God together, planning for tomorrow. May they spend this time having visions and revelations of the children they will give back to. And how the sharing of their, of their uh, family will go. So that everything necessary to put right, they put it right now. And things will be attained, they begin to attain them now. So that when they will enter into their marriage, it will be a blissful time. Our God and our King, we pray for those who have been married for years. May we all be example to the children coming behind. May our life be a great example to the generations to come. Above all things, Father, may we not offend you in these matters. And may the Spirit of Christ sustain us even to the day of reckoning. This we ask and thank you is done. As we ask in Jesus' United name. Amen Amen and Amen. Let's put our hands together for the Lord.